Hello and welcome to The Reaction. We are reacting to Celtic's victory over Livingston at Celtic Park uh, on today, the 21st of December 2022. It finished Celtic 2, Livingston 1. And what what was a a very interesting game of football, um, a game of two halves, some potentially could say. Um, Some interesting incidents and accidents, um, to quote our good friend, um, Paul Simon. Uh, I am Christopher Gallagher and I'm joined by Graham Mackay. Hello, Graham. How are you, friend? I'm fantastic. Enjoyed the game. I like, I like the football being back. It is fun. Good, good, good. Very earnest. Very <laughs> earnest from Graham there. Uh, Eddie Walsh is also here. Hello, Edward. How are you, friend? Uh, hello. The, the only living boy in New York, uh, continuing the Paul Simon sermon of Garfunkel thing people hear hear people switching off uh i'm good like graham i enjoyed the game uh and looking forward to talking about it with you both great stuff um there will be simon and garfunkel uh easter eggs layered throughout the podcast (laughs) so listen back and uh, remember to stop and uh, get your thoughts um so i right well we're going to obviously talk about the game we'll we'll break through the the points in regards to as and when they came up um it was an interesting game overall i want some general thoughts let's start with graham mckay just your general thoughts on the game overall now that it's finished one of the, the things I was thinking about just as the second half uh, wore on was I think the way that teams play against us now is a, is a massive compliment because I, I can't remember at any time in my history of watching Celtic have teams been so defensive against us. And it is, it is, it is at a stage where the teams are ultra defensive in that they're basically playing in their, their own third of the of the park. And I don't remember that against the Martin O'Neill teams. I don't remember um, probably Brendan Rodgers' teams towards the end, but it is a a great compliment that they know that if they just come out just even a tiny bit, we're going to rip them apart. Overall, enjoyed the game. I think we played well, but it was just again like Aberdeen. We didn't have that. We couldn't score a goal or we couldn't score enough goals to kind of make us comfortable. But even still, I don't think, I think with uh, Starfelt and CCV being back, we just, we just look so assured in defence, apart from the one we mistake where we give them a goal, really. But yeah, I, w- I wasn't worried at any point in that match. Uh, Graham, I'm sorry, um, Eddie, yourself, what's your kind of general thoughts overall? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with Graham. I think. Um, although I think in the first half in particular, um, the way we played and the way we kind of cut them open on occasion was kind of what I was looking for during the Aberdeen game. Uh, I felt like there was a little bit more movement, a little bit more kind of, uh, you know, trying things. Um, and obviously I think some of the players that maybe were a little off form during Aberdeen, I think had really good games, um, this game. Um, I would say, uh, O'Reilly in particular, uh, especially in the first half, but yeah, I mean, overall it's, I definitely didn't feel, you know, nervous that they were going to go and score one. I think even as we got a little bit more sloppy and maybe careless with the passing and then the subs came on and kind of, you know, whenever we bring the subs on in, in mass, I think it kind of breaks up the flow a little bit, obviously. So um, I do think that we were still creating chances. So um, overall, I think it was very good. You know, I think it's interesting you you raising that great that point, Graham, about you know never known a known teams to come to Celtic Park and play so defensive, because you know thinking back to like the O'Neill time, O'Neill time is a perfect example of someone who came in and was a a whirlwind, um, kind of in a, in a very similar way to Ange Postecoglou. Um, I think the standard of and I, I don't I really don't mean this disrespectfully, I really really don't, but I think the standard of individual players in the league at that point was probably higher than it is now. Um, and I think that they were better footballers. I, again, I'd be interested to hear other people's thought. I think that teams at that point were better footballers and almost felt like they could kind of take us on. Mm. Whereas now, I think the you know the the difference is is massive because I remember obviously under Dyla we had uh, teams would just come at us and <laughs> take us on because you know it it wasn't it kind of went from a, a different perspective but um interesting point uh, 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 that's an interesting one we'll, we'll maybe look back at that um line up 
how did Glasgow Celtic line up? I'll talk. I'll tell you through. I'll tell you through. I'll talk you through it. Um, we had Joe Hart in goals. Uh, Tony Ralston, Cameron Carter, Vickers, Starfield, and Taylor was your back line. Then we had uh, Callum McGregor as captain, Matt O'Reilly uh, and Rio Hatati with uh, Kyogo up front and Jota and Abada each side of them. We had Sigrist, Jens, Giacomakis, Haksabanovic, Moy, Turnbull, Maida, Bernabe and Forrest uh, on the bench. Uh, Eddie, you saw that team. Uh, one real change uh, from the weekend with um, Abada starting ahead of Maida. What were your thoughts? I think that was exactly how I wanted the team to look. Uh, I thought about a, um, earned, uh, the starting performance, uh, of, of no fault of Maeda's. I think I said it on the reaction to that game. I think Maeda and Ralston seem to have this kind of, it just doesn't work, uh, for some reason. Whereas I think it's, it's clear today that you could see Abada, Ralston, uh, Abada and Ralston, but also Hatate and O'Reilly at times, they really, I mean, especially in the first half, had something going on uh, together. But yeah, other than Haxa coming back and Jens on the bench, I think I was incredibly happy to see uh, Abada get a start. Yourself, Graham, what did you think of the, the lineup? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously a fan of Maeda and I was uh, delighted to see Haxabanovich back and in contention. But I think, as, as Eddie said, uh, I, I did, did enough in that 45 minutes against Aberdeen to get a start. I felt as if throughout the game, he was uh, the first half. I, I was a bit disappointed in him. Uh, I think I think he could have done more. Obviously, he was involved in the goal. Uh, but I think in the second half, he, he was looking for things a bit more and obviously he gets a goal that's uh, it's it's chopped off and he's just in about the action a bit more in the second half. He, he was a bit more similar to the Aberdeen game in the second half than he was in the first, if, if I can put it that way. But I know, just seeing these players tick and having the opportunity to take players off in 60 minutes and rest them and yeah, it was, it was I think we're going to see a lot of good football in this second half of the season because we've got the kind of rest and rest time and we don't have the World Cup to be thinking about and European games to be thinking about. So I think we'll see a lot of good stuff. Um, as mentioned on the bench, we had Sigrist, Jens, Jack Makas, Haxbanovic, Moy, Turnbull, Maida, Bernabai, Forrest. You're looking at a centre half. You're looking at a full back uh, and then the rest is uh, central midfielders. Two wingers, two central midfielders, a striker and a, a wide player uh, and, a, and a creative player. It's kind of perfect. Now, not necessarily the individuals, um, you know, and, and I'm not saying any of those individuals are, are bad or not good enough at anything, but, you know, I don't like some of them, I'll be honest, right? Okay, <laughs> uh, but in, in terms of a goalkeeper, a centre-half, a, 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 a full-back, two wide players, a creative player and a striker, Graham, that's, that just fell in those blanks. Let's get those, let's get them uh, sorted out. Uh, it's good It's good balance, and I think... Um or the, the, the drop-off that Eddie spoke about earlier didn't really happen when we made our first two subs because it was like bringing in like for like. You know, Bernabe comes in. Taylor, I thought, was a great job at right-back. I mean, it was, it was good to see. Um, but I, Bernabe, I, I, I just love the wee guy. I think he's, he's going to be brilliant for us. And Haxabanovic just seems to get better and better every time you see him. Unlucky not to get a goal uh, today and just in about the action. So I, I think if we can just get can I cross that chasm to a stage where the third, fourth, fifth sub coming in is more light for light than the kind of Ange player that he's looking for? Then I think we're going to be absolutely laughing. Uh, Eddie? Or, or just not make those subs. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> we had a month off. There's no real reason to take most of those players off. So, um, that's something that kind of sticks, sticks in my craw a little bit. You know, I think he's just always thinking about like the next game and like just take them off now and then we don't need to worry about them getting injured. That's that's the way I see it. But almost protecting them in a game to game game basis. I mean, if we're going to go by that, we could go back the uh, the whole Kyogo incident. As far as you know, the guy you could get injured any any time. I mean, Jota can go home, slip on something in his kitchen, and break his hand. You know, it's it's just I believe he's just willed that into existence. <laughs> but then also. Uh, I, I I liked your point about Taylor. I, I mean, I didn't think he was particularly like spectacular, like he hey, has been to, um, today. But I think he was probably better at right back than than left back. I would think. Um, 
Here's a, here's a quick question. Um, who famously missed the World Cup because they dropped a bottle of perfume or um, aftershave uh, on their foot? Or Bradford. Unfortunately, you just assume every, every accident that happens to a footballer is Kurt Bradford. Uh, it was, of course, Canizares who missed the Spanish World Cup nice. when, when they won it. Uh, How embarrassing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he stank as well. Um, with... <laughs> With that kind of lineup being released, um, with the game kicking off, how do you think we started, Graham? How how do you what, what you know what what's your kind of thoughts on how the game started and how we started to progress? I was uh, like, I think we started really energetically. I think, as Eddie was saying, we were trying to kind of rip them apart and move them about the pitch really quickly, and I think that was that was evident. Uh, Hitati and Matt O'Reilly, as Eddie said, were just constantly on it, like. And and Cal McGregor as well. It was just you can constantly see the 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 wheels turning in their head because they were just thinking about space, thinking about places to, to move into. Jota was coming in off the left hand side, looking really dynamic. So I and Kyogo, I think one of his best games in a while, especially in that first half, getting the goal. And just like there was one point where a, a Liverpool player thought he was just going to easily receive the ball, and Kyogo came from behind him and nipped in front of him, got possession back for us in the final third. So he just looked as if he had a bit of a confidence back, maybe maybe from the Iniesta quotes from earlier today. So I know I was it was energetic. It was exact. You can you can almost hear Ange telling the players to be like that because they, they know if you start lethargically against Livingston, it can just drag you down. It's like sinking sand against a team like that. Yeah, uh, Eddie. Yeah, I think um, Graham mentioned uh, McGregor there, and I thought in this game in particular, he was almost like a safety net in a way, uh, in a lot of different ways as well. Um, Kind of he would sit back if he needed to sit back. Um, If if he felt like he needed to get involved, he'd immediately get involved. Um, You know, like, this isn't working for us. I'll take over type thing. Uh, And, you know, just a typically brilliant performance from him. But... Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like we started to play, you know, the crosses started coming in and, you know, I I didn't think that they were particularly great. Obviously no one was getting on the end of them. Um, it's funny. I, uh, I thought to myself during the first half, like if someone just ran to the front post, (laughs) because a lot of them were either getting intercepted by the first man or, you know, nobody was getting to them at all. So, I think Kyogo obviously could have done a little bit more of, you know, movement getting to the ball. And I, I have this thing where I'm just like, are, are we playing to his advantages? Are we playing to his style, his strengths uh, when we're crossing the ball like that, you know? Um, can you I play? Feel- can you? Sorry to interrupt, but can no, you? Fine. Can you play? I know it's fine. Can you? Don't say that. <laughs> dare you. Oh, kicking off. <laughs> um, can you play to a player like Yogo Furuhashi's strengths against a team like Livingston who literally have 10 men behind the ball? And that is a, a genuine question. Well, I think in this case we did. I think, especially in the first half, I think we broke them down quite well uh, considering um, I think a lot of things were either... I think there were tons of crosses into the box or cutback passes that would be, you know, immediately cleared by the defense or nobody got on them. There were at least three or four balls that went directly across the entire goal <laughs> during the first half. So I think, and obviously you see Kyogo's goal that he scored was exactly that. So I think, you know, maybe it's a give and take as far as, you know, we've seen Kyogo score goals like that before, you know, um, and, you know, this is this is not Kyogo hate at all. It's just, you know, trying to figure out um, where the player, I guess, that scored that goal tonight has been for me anyway. Um, I know he's a great player. I just think he could do little things like, again, running towards the front post, running to get on balls. I think sometimes I feel like he waits for the game to come to him. And then also I feel like some of our players – don't play to his strength. You know, I think crosses into the box are not, you know, that's not necessarily Kyoko's game. Uh, and yet we keep on kind of trying to do that. So 
I think he could do a little bit more with uh, his movement inside the box to get to those cutbacks and stuff like that. But I think, you know, he, he did play well today. Um, I just think he could be scoring a ton more if like little, little tweaks were made. Um, Sorry, Graham. I just think a lot of it uh, with, with the cutbacks and everything is like, it almost feels like he zigs and the person zags and the person zags and he zags a lot of times. So it's, it's just, it's unfortunate because he's just picked the wrong choice, not knowing what way the ball was going to come in. And he sometimes doesn't go to the front post thinking, well, you know, very up a little bit. And then he does go to the front post and gets a goal. So I, I think. It's hard in this situation when you've got five Livingston players across the defence and then you've got the midfield players all in the 18-yard box and you're having to choose, OK, which part, which position do I run, run to? Because people will be blocking off channels as well. You, can, you can't pick the exact part of the box you want to move into because people might be standing in it or just stopping you getting getting there. So I, I think... The the, the the question you started with is uh, what was the question you started with? Um, about- basically, uh, yeah, basically, like, do we play to Kyogo's strengths when he's playing? Yeah, as opposed, you know, because I feel like we clearly play to Gigi's strengths when he's playing. You know, like there's a clear kind of, you know, he's here. We're gonna maybe cross the ball up a little bit more, maybe sometimes give it to him to kind of hold up and bring everybody in, which is he's absolutely terrible at, but. <laughs> You know, I feel like we do play to his strengths, but Kyogo, I'm not, I'm really not sure. And I think that has a lot to do with his dry spell, um, as you know, besides tonight. So I think a lot of that is like, there's not many players born into, born into a system where they're going to basically be attack v defense for 90 minutes. There's not many leagues in the world where games like that happen, happen that often. And for someone like Gigi, that then becomes inherently about his strengths because it is about physicality, it is about getting on end of crosses and stuff like that. Whereas for someone like, like Kyogo, that's just not... His strengths are never going to be based on playing against a team that are 11 men in their box. It's just I never going to happen. He's he's done it. He's done it. We've seen it. You know, I it's, think it's we've not seen like it, it doesn't exist. It, it, he's actually done it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of Kyogo's stuff does come with those kind of those front post tappings and and stuff like that. But he's all, he also scores goals that are very different from like uh, Jackamakis, and that sometimes it's outside the box. Obviously, the the, the cup final, uh, the Dundee United goal. It's just I think it's almost like. He was he was able to feast in the first few games when he was here because the players, the opposition players, just weren't expecting it, and now the opposition just shut down and it's just like there's no space in the box unless he took, unless two things come together perfectly, he picks the exact place to run into and the person uh, cutting it back picks the exact place to put, move it into in a box where there's little space in the first place. So what I would say is I'm kind of in the middle of both of you, right? Because <clears throat> I don't think he was that great today. Um, I thought he scored. I think that's his main job. Um, I, I like Kyogo a lot. I think he absolutely is uh, He's a pin on to start every game for me. Um, I do think that uh, a fully fresh, fit-firing, confident Kyogo Furuhashi would score more goals today. I still think there's a little bit of maybe a little bit of doubt. Uh, and and that's okay, and that happens with strikers. I think the points you made, Graham, about um, his movement and being having you know being so blocked off, I think is right. Eddie, your point about maybe not moving as much as he as he should, I think is right as well. I I think that if Kyogo was fit and fighting and sharp and ha- was coming off of a three or four or five goal run, I think he would have scored more today. Let's hope this is the start of a run that means he scores more against Rangers. Um, oh, Rangers, Jesus. Um, but <laughs> uh, the, the point is, I, I, kinda, I, kinda fall, I think everyone kind of falls somewhere in between in that, like, everyone's got an opinion on Kyogo and everyone really, really wants him to succeed. And every, I think everyone's both ultimately uh, really supportive and really critical in a, in a, we, in a weird sort of way. Um, and I think, I, I, for me personally today, um, I thought he was fine. I don't think he was, yeah. I don't think he was bad. I don't think he was, you know, excitingly Kyogo-esque today. But he 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 played well. He, he it's a solid seven, and he scored a goal. Perfect uh, from a number yeah. nine. That, that's that's ideal. Um, yeah, I I just think I, I think a lot of the, the the criticism or 
you know, is just based on current form. And I feel like so many people take it as criticism against Kyogo as a player and thinking he's absolutely crap, which is, is not the case. You know, I just think, you know, I, I think he can disappear from games. So it just, it needs to be talked about and kind of debated. So, I mean, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not going to be that guy either, but you know, Jack Marcus has come on the last couple of games and he, you know, he's, He's just, he's not done anything. He's had absolutely no impact. He's had absolutely no impact since he's came on. Can I argue that? And, and, and Him and Moy came on to them and played exactly the same position. <laughs> what was going on there? They were yeah, just standing was, next to each other. But, it's but, ridiculous. But, but what kind of weird, and by the way, again, I, I'm, a, I'm a Gigi fan. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm huge. But I'm, I'm huge. I am huge, but I'm huge into <laughs> Gigi as well. And, and the fact of the matter is, Gigi comes on last couple of games, um, doesn't have that big an influence, doesn't necessarily do the things he was doing before the break. But people still aren't going to go, you know, fuck Jack Marcus out the door. You know, there was, there's a weird, there's a weird, there's a weird thing happening here and it's fine here. Jesus, what is going on? <laughs> I've got the cold, everyone. Sorry. I think, I think we should, we should just, we should quickly move on because it was, it was a very good game. I hope. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah like, sorry. <laughs> we got, we got to sidetrack. We got to sidetrack. Um, but you know, this is good, good debate. This is the whole point of the reaction debate, garnering yeah. debate because uh, there'll be people freezing their wee, their wee uh, feet off. Um, <laughs> 15 minutes in, Abada, I've just put here Abada to O'Reilly to O'Hati. Great pull across. Just fantastic play. Eddie, you, you highlighted it. We we're putting some, there was some terif- terrific delivery going into the box. Yeah, I think, uh, I think this is probably the most positive I've seen about a play throughout an entire game. And I think that's why he didn't come off, you know, because he usually comes off in the 60th, 70th minute. I thought he was excellent. Uh, the whole game, I thought, um, what he had going on with Ralston, I thought Ralston had a very terrific game up until his injury. Um, I think O'Reilly had a better game than he's had lately. Um, and when Hatati kind of came across and, you know, got involved, it was even more deadly. And I think a lot of the chances that we had came from that side, which is kind of different from usual because it's usually the left-hand side, which I don't think were particularly bad in any way. Just maybe it was just, it just wasn't coming off. Um, I think they were still getting crosses into the box. I think Jota and, and Taylor, um, even, you know, Hatate as well were getting plenty of runs into the box and cutback passes. So I think we were particularly dangerous in the first half. And I think it was just the way you want to see us kind of go about breaking down teams like this. Um, like I said, I, I feel like this is what I wanted uh, against Aberdeen because I think it's, you know, it's possible. It's not impossible to play against these, uh, these teams that sit back like that. Of course, it's frustrating and hard, but I think we obviously have the talent to kind of when it all clicks together, you know, you see what you saw in the first half tonight and even in the second half of a bit as well. And um, can I just highlight that, uh, Gal said, Ohati instead of Hatati when he was asking this question as if he was some like, Irish Japanese hybrid. Shohei Hotate. I'm actually really, I'm really ill, Graham. So how about you should have a little bit? I think called, it's, called, it's called empathy. Um, I, I put here. Um, so we right, we score the second. We're not going to get to the second goal yet, right? But we score the second goal on the 44th minute, and a minute beforehand, I put uh, rare furry furry. Oh, what? furry forward, furry forward. What is it? Is it fury? No. <laughs> no, that's not one. Um, basically, I, I put like the forty third minute. Um, Livingston, as far as I was aware, were in our kind of final third. The forty third minute, Graham. If to describe it for for someone who hasn't seen the game, this was like near domination for at least forty five, forty six minutes. I, I mean, I think at one point a uh, uh, graphic came up when Celtic TV actually got a graphic. So I don't know what they do. They just delete graphics, put graphics up. The time wasn't up and the score wasn't up for the first half an hour match. Uh, this graphic came up basically saying I think they had 12 touches in our final third and we did like 170 or something like that. Something bizarre. Uh, but I no, it was complete domination. 81% possession again. That's a sweet spot apparently. We like to have 81% of the ball. And it was just a case of Passing, passing, passing round. Try to get round one side, try to get round the other side. Livingston get the ball, get it back. We, we get it back, uh, recycle and over again. And it was just, it was complete domination. And, uh, 
the goals were coming. It was just a case of when. What did you make of uh, Hatati? I thought he was it. it. It seemed to fade a bit in the second half, a couple of misplaced passes, but um, overall, his energy, he's, the, the way he receives the ball, and it's just instantly under control when he's quick at moving it. And he's, he is, it, there's so much about him when he's in full flow that is like Callum McGregor. He's, he's just got such a, a bit of class about him as well. I mean, uh, you could say that he's like a, a, a kind of Rolls Royce of a midfielder, and Olivier Encham. Um, I, I love him, and I, I just want him to. Like I just want him to be on the ball as as much as often, as much as often. Um, apologies for not being able to speak. Um, but I, I just want him to be on the ball, creating things, and I want a you know it makes space so well, and in those kind of small intricate positions, he makes decisions that not a lot of players would in that position. There's a situation that happens around the 17th minute where he stops the ball dead. The ball's moving. He stops it dead. He kind of faces up the midfielder uh, that's in front of him and he does a 1-2 and it's this wee burst of pace. And it, the, the ball ends up, he has a shot and it ends up going over. But just there's these moments within the process of this one move where it's just like, so many different things happening and it's like he's taking the position of a different player in each kind of movement. He's just a really, really, really intelligent, articulate, interesting, good-looking footballer, Eddie, am I right? Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to add to that, uh, to be honest. But yeah, I think, um, I mean, as Graham said, we didn't have the time until like the 34th minute, but uh, there was one point in the game where I feel like he kind of, he was involved in everything for just every every attacking play he was involved in. And I think that's when the left-hand side kind of came into a little bit more. I thought, you know, while Jota didn't really, I feel like uh, he wasn't, wasn't quiet by any means. I just feel like just nothing was coming off for him, but he was really, really trying to kind of link up um, with the players around him and kind of, you know, create the movement where, players would be able to go directly into the box or kind of overlap him and cut back. So I think there was a lot of going on and it was all going through Rio. I think um, you're right in saying, you know, he has that talent to play the ball, to make those passes, but he also has the talent to make that run. Mm -hmm. And I think he showed that a lot today, especially linking up with Jota uh, at times, I think just it, it, it's almost like it sneaks up on you, you know, like he's lulling you into this, like, you know, possession based he'll, he'll, uh, you know, come out with some ridiculous pass. And then in the next moment, he'll make a run on you <laughs> while you're, while you're flat footed and you're just fucked. So he's just unbelievable. There's no more superlatives for him. Okay. Flat-footed and fucked is the name of my autobiography. <laughs> uh, there was a bit where specifically about that, that kind of half space down the left-hand side where all Rio's trying to do is like uh, tempt someone to move out of position. He's just trying to like lure them, basically. And I don't know if you saw it on, on Celtic TV where it cut to David Martindale and he was doing like the, the speak hand movement. And he was screaming talk. He was screaming to his like right hand side, talk to each other. Basically, they were they were frantic at that stage because it was just we're cutting them open like a, a hot knife through butter. It was it was brilliant to see, and I'm just so looking forward to Ibrox. I've never looked for that's always a bad sign when you look forward to playing Rangers. <laughs> yeah. it, it tends to go badly, but I'm looking forward to. It. Uh, the point on Jota, I think, is a good one, Eddie. I I I think he he's a guy that even when he's not um, kind of running the show. He's still so much of a distraction for the opposition. He brings players into it. Like, just him with the ball and players running off him. He's just, just he's got an aura. And I think his aura is, is as important as his playing ability. His playing ability is probably more important. His aura is not going to fucking set, like, put someone through on goal. You don't know that. You really don't know that. Um, I feel like... Idiot. <laughs> Idiot. I feel like it could. I feel like it could. Um... <laughs> um, Graham, talk us through the first goal. So it was uh, a lot of was coming. I mean, it wasn't all just coming down the left hand side. Two goals actually come down the right hand side, and this is a it's a, a bad, wasn't it? That just uh, 
uh, screams the ball across the face of the goal. And uh, what's the, the, the centre-back's name? Obelai. 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 He just it hits his thigh, the fleshy bit of his thigh, and just goes into the top corner. It, there was something about it, though. It was a header. Gal, do you remember Pat McGinley scoring an OG header against us for Hibs? I, I, you know, I do. Yes, very. <laughs> it was in that so. same goal as well. It was in that same goal, and it just—it was like the cross came in, and he, he inconceivably just headed it into the top corner for us. We're all playing for Hibs, and that felt was it, it had the same vibe that that goal. Yeah, unfortunately, th- remembering Pat McGinley's just ugh, <laughs> made me a lot. I think. Sorry, Eddie. No, I think, uh, like I said, we were screaming out for, uh, or I was screaming out for players to make a run to that front post, and Obelai made a really, really nice run. Beautiful <laughs> finish. Uh, so, I, I thought, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I was about to say that I, I thought it was kind of strange that they took him off. I didn't think he was having a particularly bad game. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I don't know, maybe a shame. shame I, brought him off. <laughs> do, you know, do you know, I mean, the thing is, see when you can see like when you score an own goal like that there are certain own goals where you're like i was in the wrong position and i you know i, I anticipated that i didn't anticipate and you know it went in i i just hands up it came bounced off my thigh like what? Just, he was just standing still really it was just like a like, like a pinball move essentially there, there's not like nothing he can really do about it um Anthony Ralston. Now, I know that you probably despise Anthony Ralston with all your, your thoughts uh, inside you, Graham, and you know, you'd like I think I'm going to say to edit there. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ralston, there was three at least exquisite, uh, you know, line breaking passes um, from 20. I thought he started really badly. He gave the ball away. I think like his first three touches, he gave the ball away, and I thought, oh, fuck. Um, but he got back into it. He got back into the game pretty quickly, and he put in three or four. Like I mean, he put in he put three balls through that. If it was Rio Hatati, would be putting, or if it was Jota, would be putting. So I really think Anthony Rousen deserves the respect uh, of of talking about his passing today. Uh, talk me through, it, Eddie. Yeah, I think uh, we've seen it before. I feel like it's it's almost becoming his signature move. That kind of through ball through, you know, from ten to fifteen yards out uh, to get someone on goal, but. Um, that one in particular was, uh, you know, a really nice run from Abada. Again, I think they were linking up really nice in the, in the, uh, first half. Um, got to Kyogo, but I, I think the keeper really did well to kind of come out and block whatever shot Kyogo was going to get off. So it wasn't, but the whole, the whole play in general was really, really nice. And I think, you know, we, we've seen that Ralston is capable of performances like these. And I think we definitely need him <laughs> right now because of, uh, you know, everything with Juranovic being up in the air, possibly, and Johnston not uh, available till January. Uh, him coming off today is kind of frightening. <laughs> you know, he's kind of hard as nails, but, you know, God forbid he gets some sort of injury. Um, you know, I'm guessing it's Greg Taylor at right back, um, unless Juranovic comes back. Um yeah. from I'm guessing Greg getting a break, but yeah, I think he's he's very much capable of those performances. And I think uh he is I don't know, it's it's a weird thing. Like sometimes he'll give those performances. It's it's never necessarily in between. It's always like Ralston was outstanding today or Ralston was Tony Ralston today, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh but you know, all the credit to him. I think he was terrific. Yeah, I thought the pass for for Kyogo. We have two opportunities where uh, quite quickly um, Abada puts Kyogo through uh, and there's a save. It's a good save. Uh, Jota puts a tatty through and it's a save. Um, At this point, Graham, um, see, I've I've not asked for your opinion or else and I'll just leave it. Um, (laughs) uh, At this point, it was kind of just steamrolling them. We're 1-0 up. We start to get a little bit of jazz back and then we start to then kind of play on. What's your thoughts? I, just to go back and Ralston, I actually text at one point, protect Ralston at all costs, uh, just because of that, the right back thing, having three right backs at the club, but only one of them can play at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, what we have to consider as well is that we have Ibrooks coming up, but we also have Easter Road in the 28th, and that is a very hard venue to go to. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, I think... Um, and she says uh, a week for for Juranovic. I can't imagine he'll come back off a week's holiday and go straight into the team. So uh, hopefully today was just about protecting Ralston and it wasn't actually an injury that could stop him playing. But yeah, no, that that 
it's like it's as classic as Coca Cola at this stage that Ralston Abada Kyogo. I mean, that's that, the, the setter that Kyogo misses against Aberdeen is exactly that same move. It, it's it's Ralston playing the through ball. Abada touches it on Kyogo with a finish this time. He scores, but it's just the one frustrating thing about this match is I think it would have been a lot more and it would have been a lot more entertaining to watch if they hadn't have got the instant goal back because that gave them that thing to hold on to in the hope that in the last few minutes of the match they can just throw everything forward they were going to defend until the last few minutes of the match if it's 2-0 going in at half time then they need to do something else so I know it was it was a, a thrilling end to the, the, the half and I was about two minutes behind everyone else in my stream and like I was celebrating the goal when I got told it was 2-1 so I see before yeah. we t- before we talk about the goal lady um there was a shout for a penalty uh, I think it was Devlin uh, the ball's hit into the box and he's got his arms by his side, but he does move his arm towards the ball. There's a lot of debate, a lot of... It did go to VAR and didn't give it. What's your thoughts? I mean, obviously I wouldn't be angry if they gave that, um, but if it was... I, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was a penalty. I thought he had both of his hands kind of like a in a position like this. I I don't know. I, I didn't think personally it was a penalty, but obviously... Who the hell knows? And we've seen it given for less and even, you know, more ridiculous reasons. So um, I was actually kind of not that surprised that it wasn't given, but I, I didn't think it was personally. Uh, what about yourself, Kim? You thought it was a penalty? I don't think it was a penalty, but I don't think that any of them, any of them have been penalties. And it's just, it's galling for us now on a week to week basis where we have experienced three or four against us that have clearly wouldn't have been penalties in the past were given against us. And now the similar type of incidents are happening and they're not getting given anymore. It's, it's, it's weird. And I don't want these types of things to be penalties, but I don't want Bernabeus to be a penalty. I don't want uh, Matt O'Reilly and the Bernabeu to be a penalty. You know, it's just, it's, it's silly season. And it looks as if the, the, the refs are starting to kind of like calm down a bit with the VR and, and the handball penalties. But having said that, we're going to Ibrook, so I'm not going to say another thing. Yes. <laughs> there's just, there's no context. I feel like somebody said it on one pod. There's, I mean, how is a human being looking at a game overall, you can't tell the context, um, you know, in these situations. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Remember, again, harking back, remember um, Villarreal, uh, Gal and Larson goes through on Pepe Reina and Pepe Reina batters it off. So Larson gets hands like this and batters it off him. Uh, yeah. And it goes straight into the goal that's and the, the goal gets chopped off. I mean, that's exactly what this was today. It was, it was just, so I mean, I guess I've always been shitty decisions made when it comes to handball. Fuck, fuck Pepe Reina too, by yeah. the way. <laughs> also, Graham, thanks for, the, thanks for reminding me of uh, that just when I thought I was over it. Uh, <laughs> 44 minutes. Celtic go two goals up. Uh, it's our man Kyogo. Uh, pass, outrageous pass from Tony Ralston um, that uh, leads Abada uh, out wide and he puts the ball in and, and Kyogo finishes. Uh, Graham, your thoughts on the goal? At this stage, I thought we were homeward bound. You know, it was... It was 2-0 going on. Nice one, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> 2-0 going on five as far as I was concerned. It was, again, as I said, it's classic as Coca-Cola, that move. It, it works every time unless Coco doesn't finish it. But uh, no, it was brilliant. And I love those wee kind of like getting in at the front post and just like, not even, it feels as if he's not even swinging his leg, just toe poke and it just rebounds into the back end there. Uh, it's it's exactly like kind of goal. You want him scoring strikerly goals because that's strikerly goals are the type of goals that are going to get his confidence up, I think. Yeah, it was great. Kyogo, you know, Kyogo showed that there's 50 ways to leave your your, your marker um, gets uh, in front of his, his defender and, and scores. Eddie, what did you make of the goal? I mean, it was it was what you expect from him, you know? I feel like he had diamonds on the soles of his shoes when he scored that. It was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, but but seriously, it was it was a really great finish. And I think again, it's just like Graham said, uh you know, I expect him to score goals like that and uh hopefully that'll, you know, help him kick on. Um, because there were plenty of balls just like that going straight through the box the entire game. So yeah. Yeah, so Celtic are two 0 up. Um, and then 46 minutes, the sound of silence around the stadium. And somehow, Gosh. right, we'll stop it now. We'll stop it now. That's enough. <laughs> um, sure about that? <laughs> probably not. But no, so we, we, we're 2 0 up. Um, as, as Graham says, you know, you, you feel like you're, you know, 
very confident. 44th minute, and then pretty much straight from kickoff, uh, the ball's kind of launched. There's a header, um, and then they win the header, and the header kind of bounces the ball down into the near the box into the box, and Devlin runs off uh, Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor just cannot get the ball off of Devlin as he's bearing down on goal. He makes a tackle. Devlin kind of kind of runs over the tackle and, and he hit. It's a nice finish. Um, he somehow gets his foot in front of um, Joe Hart's hand, and it's two one. How shocked were you, Graham? I pretty shocked because it just was out of out of nowhere. I mean, they'd barely. I think they did one corner at the stage, and they'd barely been in the final third. And it was it was just really really unfortunate because nine times I think it was Tosh McKinley said in the studio nine times out of ten Greg Taylor makes that tackle and it just rebounds away and it doesn't just continue to be in the path of uh, Devlin. So I don't think there was much blame to go around in this one. Kieran Devlin was um, maybe saying that he thought Joe Hart should have been quicker off his line. Uh, I'm not sure about that because he, he probably wasn't expecting uh, anything to be to be happening. And again, it's uh, you're vulnerable after you've just scored so that comes into play as well but I know it was just one of those things that happened I don't think there was there was there was it was a sloppy goal to lose but I don't, I don't really blame too, too many people uh, Abel, um, so, go on oh no I was gonna say honestly after the last few games I think Joe Hart was probably absolutely shocked there was a ball coming coming near him I uh-huh. think he was just like what the hell's going on here this isn't part of the game I, I think I think Taylor's got to do better I do I know you guys are like Taylor's like catnip to every Celtic fan, right? I get that. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I really like him as well. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying it like that. <laughs> no, I think I think Taylor. I think Taylor could have done. Okay, it's one of those where you've won the game and it's fine. And I think it's probably right that he probably makes that tackle ninety nine times out of a hundred and probably clears it. Um, so we can chalk it up to one of those things, but. It did frustrate me when I saw it going because I thought you need to be stronger there, just make the fucking tackle. But yeah, I'm not going to blame Hart either. But it was just it was just a weird goal. It's a weird sequence, um, and it's a sad way to end the um, end the half. But we go into the half two one. I've just put here it. Yeah, I put a couple of notes at half time, and I just put Montana LOL Montano because yeah. he was He's, wild. He was fucking wild. He, that guy. I mean, I'm shocked that he eventually got a yellow card. It's like ridiculous. That man was absolutely up about his ass the entire game. Um, it was it was pretty ridiculous. I mean, that being said, touching briefly, uh, the ref was a disgrace. But we all we all knew that. So anyway. yeah, the ref to me, he had a touch of um, what's that guy, the actor that's my Telly Shivakanda, uh, Irish. Oh. Um, are you t- are you serious? Fast he looked like, if he looked like Fastbender crossed with a goblin, like it was it was a bizarre combination. Uh, I, so it's interesting that you. Okay, we'll, we'll talk off air. We'll talk off air about that. That's that's wild. Um, the second half kicks off. Uh, it's the Christmas spirit. We're having a lovely time. I'm dead inside. Um, it's um, half time. Two goals to one. Celtic it up. Still, still feeling confident, Graham. Still thinking everything's fine. Does that little goal put a little bit of doubt, or just still confident still to get the job done? I think there's always like the one percent in your head where a goal can really come from anywhere, and it's happened to us in in this season. I mean, St. Johnson, where the, the equalising with Dermot Park just before we get the, the late late yeah. winner, a goal can just happen from anything. Um, so I wasn't completely confident, but I think I've just got a belief in this team now that. Like I wasn't, I was actually lying in the sofa watching it, so it wasn't as if I was tense at any point. So no, I was, I was happy, and I thought we'd we would kick on. Maybe if we could just get one more, I thought I think the level would break, but no, it wasn't to be. Uh, like a bridge over. <laughs> we've, we've got into the Led Zeppelin references now. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Eddie, were you, it was half time. Um, were you confident? I think. Um... I was, I think it was the last reaction that I did that um, Stu kind of mentioned that he wasn't, you know, he doesn't necessarily get too uh, nervous, but I definitely do still because like Graham said, I know, you know, we've given up those goals before and I think uh, we still are not consistent enough in the second half to kind of 
pick up where we left off as far as, uh, you know, complete domination. There's always like a shaking three or four minutes, which sometimes can go on for longer and then cost us a goal. So it was always in the back of my head. But um, I think that being said, we, we slightly sloppy, I think slightly careless with some passing. Early oh, oh, oh I, I didn't ask you about the second half yet. Uh, ask, you, ask you for your half time. I'm, I'm also sick. I, well, uh, <laughs> right. it's called it's called empathy. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie, did how do you think the second half started? As I was so rudely <laughs> interrupted. Uh, yeah, no, I I think I thought it was just a little bit sloppy to begin with. Uh, you know, passes not coming off, touches being too heavy. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I feel like that's kind of commonplace. So there's there's a little bit of anxiety there but we always tend to kind of write the ship so um and like i said in the beginning i think the carelessness and the sloppiness kind of continued throughout the half maybe less so um but i still think we were creating chances uh and we're dangerous at the same time and we're still dominating in in the same way uh so yeah i i think it was uh an interesting an interesting half with interesting things uh, and interesting talking points. Um, <laughs> it was also it was Greg, Greg Taylor and Starfield had a, a kind of wild couple of seconds where they were passing the ball to Levinson in their, in their own half. But I think a lot of it would have come down to the conditions. I mean, it was lashing down the, the whole night. It was like, here's a shade of winter out there. Very good. I mean, I just built, that was all built up just for that. <laughs> <laughs> is, that the, hey, is, that, is that the Bengals or who did that first? That's Simon Garfunkel did it first. That's right. Yeah, um, that was good. Annoying. Um, I put here um, <laughs> that yeah, bad passes. You know, it's really quite a, a sloppy restart, um, which was a bit disappointing. From I, I just felt I wanted this to come out after conceding that goal in the last minute. I wanted this to come out a bit angry. I guess uh, I, I noted some bad passes from Jota, from Taylor, from Starfield. Um, and as as Graham says, they were directly to Livingston players. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like a a, a a fancy pass that they were trying, or they were trying something special. It was literally just directly to the feet. So that was a bit disappointing. The fifty fourth minute, um, Anthony Ralston goes down holding his back. I think they said. So he comes off. Uh, Bernabe comes on. Uh, Greg Taylor goes to right back. Bernabe goes to left back. Um, yeah, from at this point. Graham, it's just a really sloppy, not really sloppy. That that, that it's not really sloppy. That's a lie. Um, it's just not sharp, um, mm. shall we say? We've got a lot of the ball. Um, Livingston are quite they're quite dull in defence and in their kind of final final third. So they're not bothering us in regard bothering us. They're not um, challenging us as much in the final third. But mm. it's just it's just a little low energy. Aye, and I think it becomes it becomes a game where it's about. Small patches, and one of the patches that that I really enjoyed was when we got Bernabe and Haksabanovic um, linking up because that's everything was then moving through them on the left hand side, and that that looked as if it was where we could possibly get a, a third goal. And I think when the game is kind of dying out like that, and it was dying out, it was kind of like a controlled dying out, like it wasn't as if we were um, desperate or anything, but. When when the game is turning that way and you're starting to make these subs and it is affecting the flow of the match, then you you, you just need to look out for these small things and the link ups like that was uh, what was entertaining me in the second half. Just seeing that kind of blossoming relationship. Yeah, yeah, that, great point, Eddie. Your kind of thoughts? Yeah, I think to piggyback on that, um, Graham's totally right. Uh, as far as when Hacks Banish came on, you know that there was going to be some sort of excitement and kind of continuation of what kind of Jota does in a way, uh, cutting inside and linking up with Bernabe. Um, I think what I really also love about Hacks and even Bernabe, um, the playing it into the feet of players that kind of have their back to goal or at the top of the box. I feel like we had a really nice, um, kind of, couple of sequences where there was some really, really fancy passing to like, you know, free up Bernabé or free up Haksbanovich. Um, But yeah, I feel like sometimes we just kind of go to the byline and cross it, but um, you know, certain players in particular, but I think, um, I think we were still dangerous. Definitely. I just think it was kind of, uh, 
like Graham was saying, patches that kind of got a little bit more sloppier or, you know, I think again, as I mentioned, as the game went on with uh, the substitutes coming in, that kind of changes dynamic as well. The the other subs after uh, Turnbull and Haxabanovich. So yeah, I mean, I think it's great to have Haxabanovich back and I can't wait to kind of see where he's going to fit in. Um, I know Jota, obviously, I think, you know, he plays a lot and I think he should always play on the left. Um, so it'd be interesting to kind of see how Ange deals with having both of them at the same time. So, yes. Axe's Instagram content as well, by the way, like the, the, the fades every day. It's just a hairdo is getting done. It's just it's top, top notch. That's outrageous. Uh, 63rd minute, um, Jota and Hatati came off uh, for Hack Spanovich and Turnbull. Um, I just put here as well, um, just after that, there was a chance for Livingston. It wasn't related in any way, by the way. Um, but um, a chance for Livingston. Uh, it was a bit of a, vo- a volley and a save. Uh, Joe Hart makes a, a, a save he should make, but still decent enough. But I think it was offside anyway. Um, 72nd minute. Leal Abada scores his 10th goal of the season to make it 3-1 to Celtic. Um, ball in from Turnbull. He's fouled. Ball into Turnbull. Turnbull's fouled. Um, but uh, the ball's played forward and the Livingston player goes to header it and it kind of... Headers back. Uh, Abada was on an off, in an offside position, but then the headed back ball means he's onside, but it means he's offside. It all became a bit of a mess. Uh, this Celtic go three one up. Uh, it goes to VAR. I've just put here the VAR is taking ages, and it was literally taking five or six minutes. Graham, the goal scored, and then from there the referees on his gets both hands over his ears trying to hear the VAR referee, and then for an offside, he goes and looks at the monitor. Mm. It's uh, my my initial opinion of it is as soon as Abada doesn't touch it the first time, it then goes into a second phase of play. That's the way I thought thought of the offside rule, and obviously it's not. But I think for me, the, the thing I care most about in this is the fucking way that the VAR check was done, and it's like. I don't know how the, the, the guys watching it, the, the, the video assistant referee, can't just say, this is a complicated one, you better come over and look at this. Because at the end of the day, the ref is making the final decision in this. So why does it why does it take several minutes of him just listening like a troop and standing in the middle of a pitch before being over, going over and looking at it? Look, go and look quickly and then we can move the game on. So I, I care more about the ridiculous use of VAR, the way that we're using VAR, as opposed to that goal getting chopped off, to be honest. Um I was thinking back to the brief times I've ever watched the NFL and the NFL referees are mic'd up and they'll say, this play goes to blah, 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 blah. We're going to, we're getting to the point where we we need something because the players, the sorry, the supporters in the the stadium are sitting there because I was there obviously the, for the, the, the game before Christmas. Well, it's before Christmas now. The game before the break. And um, we had no idea what was happening. Um, Eddie, what was your kind of take on the whole debacle? I mean, for me, it's a goal, but that's for me. Uh, I think I retweeted something on Twitter that uh, uh, one of the uh, listeners kind of posted, and I think it kind of pretty much explains it. And I think what I put in the chat with us, it um, it seemingly is a subjective version of a written rule um, from the, from the ref, which, you know, that's why VAR will never work. It'll always be subjective. So why even have it to begin with? Um, but I thought it was a goal in particular. Um, yeah. It's, it's just very frustrating stuff like that. And I think Tom Boyd brought up a really good point uh, during the Celtic TV broadcast, which is, which is which is rare, so we're we're going to make whoa, note of it. So. Whoa. International, <laughs> international uh, footballer Tom Boyd, Celtic captain I, I, Tom Boyd. Listen, I I love Tom Boyd, but you know what? Anyway, he's <laughs> he, he's he's a special guy. Uh, so yeah, he brought up a really great point as far as um, they should come out and explain the the rule. Then you know, like if if they make the decision based on a rule, right? They should come out and explain the rule. This way, you know, when things like this happen, there's no four or five minute 
intervals where we're just sitting around waiting and or people like us on a podcast or just people watching the game in general will know what the hell is going on. Yeah. You know? I, I, because I think it seems pretty easy and cut and dry. Uh, the guy heads the ball. Like Graham said, it's a different phase of play. I think Abada does amazing uh, as far as awareness, holding off the player and really, really nice finish. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it should be made clear. It doesn't have to be the referee that comes out and make it, it makes the, the statement it could be i don't know whoever whoever but yeah if it's not i mean if it's not going to be if they're just going to kind of stick their heads you know back into the homer simpson style bush and not explain anything then it's just going to lead to a lot of resentment from everybody towards referees and towards the var because as as eddie says you know what rule has decided this is offside because see if it is offside and if it is in the rule book that it's offside fine that's that's fine as graham says i've got problem I'm, I'm sitting here more annoyed at the var debacle rather than being disallowed the goal and i say that because we won it would be very different if we dropped points but again it's something that's kind of going to keep going on I'm you know you know they won't want to say things because it becomes like a precedent it becomes like a kind of law thing where if they say the reason why this gets chopped off then we would be looking to make sure there was consistency going forward and that's the annoying thing about the way that the, the handball thing has been done because we're not getting told why the hearts one wasn't a handball we're not getting told why Bay was a handball because then they know that we can use it to beat them as a stick to beat them with because if they go on record and say this is this was a handball because of this reason, then it comes back to we can look at other handballs and just say, well, why wasn't that one? So it's just a, a, the the fact that the refs are always silent just it it just creates a consp- I don't think there's conspiracies, but it creates a con- a conspiracy atmosphere in Scottish football. I just think. I mean, you know, we all hate talking about this. I hate talking about this, but I think that's just what makes far so unnecessary because ultimately it is a subjective opinion based on a rule. Um, it is, it is someone's kind of, um, idea of what it is based on a rule, you know, because exactly how the rule is written might not be necessarily exactly how the play plays out every single time, but ultimately I think it's subjective. So why are we having, 15 minute breaks with one guy from a tower somewhere calling another guy and then he looks on a screen it's like it's fucking nonsense like just and make the call or don't make the call that's it's pretty easy <laughs> and the, the 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 thing for me is that it's right in front of the linesman and the linesman never flagged it so that that to me is that subjectively the linesman that was standing what 10 15 yards away from it subjectively didn't think it was offside which that's the rule that I retweeted that uh, one of the um, the listeners uh, tweeted out. I, it pretty much says that, you know, if if the referee doesn't flag it offside and the play continues, that's that's it. Like, you know, the goal is done. It's just, yeah. it's just crazy, man. So that was the 72nd minute. <laughs> um, and then we had, we had some substitutions. Uh, Kyogo and O'Reilly comes on off for Gigi and Moy. Gigi and Moy just genuinely just kept running into each other. They kept hitting each other, um, getting in each other's way. Um, you know, for the last like, 10 minutes, it was just, it didn't quite go end to end. It really didn't. But there was enough kind of breakaways from Livingston where I kind of held my breath a little bit. Um, and again, it was, you know, the, the nature of after, I think the the disallowed goal kind of got to the supporters a little bit and kind of it didn't necessarily get to the players but it just created an atmosphere as, as you said kind of say Graham but um, how do you think we saw the game out Graham? I mean there was a couple of sloppy bits towards the end but it wasn't as if they were getting anywhere near a goal I mean they they were just kind of around about the edge of the eighteen yard box a, a couple of times but. I wasn't really that worried going into injury time. It's just like a balancing act that Andrew's having to go through where we are. There's one goal in it and he knows that when he makes his subs, it is going to disrupt the play. And he just has to ask himself, is it worth getting players off the park to maintain their fitness or to ensure injury versus the possibility that this this uh, disruption is going to have a negative impact on how the game goes? 
And uh, I think one of the interesting things I'm finding is that it looks to me, I don't know if you guys agree, and I think we'll see against St. Johnson for sure, or not for sure, but maybe more of a hint. It looks to me as if Jack Amakakis is getting frozen out a little bit. And I would, I would say that because there was much more rotation before the, the World Cup. And now it feels, I mean, it was Jack Amakakis was always like 60th minute getting brought on. And it was what, Close to what ten minutes to go before you get brought on in this, yeah, yeah. this match today. Yeah, and if I think if Kyogo starts against St. Johnson, it will be a clear sign that he is mo- he will be moving on in January. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know if either of you agree with that. Uh, I think that's a good point, and I, I, I kind of get where you're coming from, Edward. Yeah, no, I I think that always enters your mind uh, with you know the backstories that that we know, but I I don't know. I I think that's just maybe another case of. Um, before you know when he was getting rotated at a certain time just another kind of I, I don't know sometimes i feel like it was unnecessary to bring certain players on just like i thought today that it's unnecessary to make all those changes um like i think some of the games that he came on he came on and either won the game or was really terrible uh, but i think he was put on in those situations to kind of you know help us Whereas in some situations, it just seemed like change for change sake. So, uh, I mean, I guess we'll see. I still think that we definitely need uh, a striker. I think we could go to score more goals. Um, I think we're creating enough chances to score five or six games. So, uh, you know, not that it's going to be like that every game, but um, I would like to maybe see a striker brought in. But uh, yeah, who knows? Who really knows? I want two strikers brought in. Um the game finished two goals to one. There was seven minutes of injury time. Um, let me get your man of the match and any takeaways. Give me just give me one takeaway. Let's go with that. Um, Graham, your man of the match and your takeaway from today's game. Man of the match is quite quite complicated, I think, because many players had phases. But I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Kyogo just because I've got him in the back of the shirt tonight, and I feel as if there was a marked improvement. On, on recent performances from him. I think Taylor uh, put in a good shift, not as good as it has been Hatate as well, but I think no one really did it for the full 90 minutes. So I'll go for, I'll go for Kyogo. My takeaway is that there's a guy in the huddle board that's like near a board member and he says we're going to have a sign in the next couple of days and he thinks it's a striker. So Cho incoming as far as I'm concerned. Let's go. Let's go. Do you know what I love when people say as far as I'm concerned? As far as you're concerned, you love it. As far as I'm concerned, love it. Uh, I that was an unneed, unneeded swipe. Not, not at you, Graham, just in general. I apologise. Eddie, yourself, you're man of the match and your takeaway. I'm ill, Graham, sorry. My uh, my man of the match is my guy, Liel Abada. I thought he had an excellent game. I thought he had, again, like I said earlier, I think he played well throughout the game for me. I think that's the reason why he didn't come off. Um, it's just good to see. And I hope that he kind of continues the confident play. Uh, I didn't think that there was any point in the game where he kind of shied away from, uh, you know, either driving at runners or, or creating chances. Um, so, yeah, I think that was really good to see. And uh, my takeaway is just continuing the domination. I think a lot of these games, yes, they can be frustrating because, you know, we win two to one as opposed to six nil or, you know, we win the game with a late minute goal, but ultimately we're dominating these games. So it's really just about keeping that going. And I think once we put together uh, more consistent performances like we have as far as unlocking teams uh, in the first half, it's going to be absolutely frightening. And not to mention, there's literally nobody to challenge us right now. So, uh, Let's say uh, that's been fantastic. Let's say uh, wrap up the podcast. Let's wrap up uh, the dangling conversation. Um, Eddie Walsh. It's <laughs> was, was that a shot of me? Was that a shot of me? No, no it's, a, it's, a, it's a Simon and Carfunkel song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Man, the the thread of this podcast is slip sliding away. Yes, oh yes, <laughs> very good. Uh, ah, come on, let's uh, let's. I get, love it. Let's, I love it. I'm delighted to be in my little town here. Um, Eddie, it's been a pleasure. Uh, get, let's uh, thank you for getting involved, sir. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, Graham McKay, pleasure as always. 
I think you can tell that two people are sick in this podcast <laughs> and one person's sick in the head. Thank you. I don't know how to take that ground. I don't know how to take <laughs> that. Try figure out who's who. Uh, <laughs> this has been fantastic. Uh, the reaction to uh, Celtic's uh, 2-1 defeat to Livingston at home uh, at Celtic Park. Um from Eddie Walsh, from Graham McKay, from myself, Chris Gallagher. This has been the reaction, and we'll speak to you very soon. Uh, last night, I had the strangest yep. dream.